You're listening to Keystone Cold Cases, a podcast where we reignite cold cases across Pennsylvania. Hey, it's Chelsea. Hey, it's Grace. Hey, and it's Sarah. Uh, Today, we are going to kind of go back to another hometown for me. Um, I've gotten back into MFM recently, so I'm referring to anything close to me as a hometown now. Um, This case comes out of Marysville, Pennsylvania. It's Known as the Lambs Gap murders, um, it occurred on Lambs Gap Road, which is a road that kind of goes over the mountain connecting Perry and Cumberland counties. Technically, it takes place in Cumberland County, but it was only like eight miles over the line. So I'm just claiming it as a Perry County case. And if this had happened in the 1960s or later, they would have gone to the same high school as me because they lived in Marysville. So... I'm claiming it as mine. But anyway, so one night there were um, a couple of young adults. They went out and just never made it back home. So family went out searching and eventually came upon the bodies of this missing couple. And when they did so, they found kind of a rare sight. Not only did they find that their loved ones had been killed, they had actually both been killed by one bullet. And yes, I said that family found them. It was between 2 and 3 a.m. on May 18th, 1924, when Harry's father and Leah's uncle found the bodies. Now, today we are talking about Leah Ellenberger and Harry Ganster and... Their family were the ones out searching. And unfortunately, as I said, his father and her uncle are the ones that found them. That has just got to be the worst. Not only have you lost somebody, but you have to be the one to stumble upon it. I don't know. It's just so sad. You can't get that out of your head. Yeah, I can't imagine the way that would stick with you. Um, Initially, they thought that Harry and Leah had fallen asleep. And I'll describe a little bit about how they were standing a little bit later on. But Leah was in the car sitting in a seat and Harry was kind of leaning against the car. And whenever they found them, they thought they'd fallen asleep like, okay, this is a weird way to fall asleep, but maybe you were just really tired, whatever. And your brain goes through everything other than, oh, no, they're dead. Like any explanation you can think of before confirming anything. Well, I have a crazy story that's semi-similar. Someone in my family uh, struggled with drugs and I guess she took something uh, I'm, I'm not even sure what she had taken, honestly. I never asked. But I think it, like, stopped her heart. But she was, like, I guess leaning over the counter, and she had passed away. And another family member had come in and was arguing with her, and I guess they thought that th- she was ignoring them, so she went to bed. Oh, my God. And when she came down, she was still in the same spot, and, like, her bodily fluids had, obviously, like, the pee and the food. Right. And she had realized, and I think it still sticks with her today, like, if when she came in, was she still alive um, or she could have done anything. Oh my gosh. But, like, I never would have thought that you could, like, still remain standing if you're not alive. But uh, she was propped up against the counter. That's horrifying. That is horrible. Oh, my God. I can't even imagine pretty that. Pretty miserable. 
Jeez. Um, so it seems like that's kind of what was going on here. Like they thought maybe Harry had fallen asleep. Um, and I think it's just the way, cause he was standing. And I think when he got shot, which we'll go into, he kind of fell into the car. Um, and that his hands were against like the door in the top of the car, because then, um, the father and uncle said, you know, when we got there, he was leaning against the car. And by the time police got there, he was like face down across the front passenger seat. So the, I think it was, um, Leah's uncle that said he went up and grabbed, um, Harry's arm to be like, Harry, what are you doing? And then, you know, upon touching him and then shaking him and it just being, you know, there not being a reaction, he realized that they had been killed. So something I want to address right off the bat is a little bit, little bit of a discrepancy in the ages, um, mainly with Leah. So in newspaper articles, Leah was said to be around 18 or 19 and Harry was said to be 18. But based on the dates that are on their headstones, Leah was 22 and Harry was 20. So I would definitely say that Leah it would make sense that she was closer to 22, but we'll talk a little bit about their schooling and why these ages are a little bit weird to me. Now, like I said before, we're looking at Marysville, Pennsylvania, part of Perry County. Leah and Harry had both grown up in Marysville. Um, and at this time, the current school district hadn't been created because it was the 1920s and you had local neighborhood school buildings. So Marysville had its own school and Leah had graduated from the high school and she was actually working as a teacher near Hollidaysburg. Um, a lot of sources said that she was a teacher in Hollidaysburg. And then I found one source that specifically said she had taught two terms at a school in Morgantown, West Virginia. I don't know if that means like two semesters or two years. Um, and I was kind of curious about how she could be teaching with two years of experience at age 21 or 22. Um, because I mean, you usually graduate college, you know, thinking of 2021 around 21, 22 years old. So how do you already have two years of classroom experience? You know, this one's a shout out for Darren because I'm going to mention teaching. Um, but it it takes more than like six months to train to be a teacher and then have two years under your belt. So I looked it up and apparently you just had to be a high school graduate and have 12 weeks of training that you took a certificate test for at the end. And that was to be a grade school teacher. So just like under seventh grade. And then high school was different. High school, you had to have more actual teaching experience, like tra teaching training. Like you had to have basically the, the uh, equivalent now of an associate's degree. And then to be a principal, you had to have like the equivalence of a bachelor's. That is crazy different than today. Yeah. I was a, well, technically I'm a grade school teacher and I have to have a master's. Like <laughs> it's a little bit different now, <laughs> a little bit crazier. Um, but yeah, that now that came from a teaching qualifications list that came out of Iowa. So I don't know if it was different for Pennsylvania, um, 
but it would line up, you know, if she graduated high school, did training over the summer and started working in the fall, she would have two years of teaching under her belt. So I could, I could definitely see that. Um, now Harry was a senior at Marysville high school, but the age seems off to me now. Yeah. You can be 20 and be in high school. He was going to school. He was set up to go to Susquehanna university in the fall to study medicine. And with it being 1924, it seems, I don't know. It just seems weird that a 20 year old would be in high school in 1924 because if you were struggling academically, I don't know that you would be going to a university to study medicine, but I like I'm also looking at what it takes to get into a medical school or like a pre-med program in 2021, not 1924. So I know it's obviously different. But he have just been like working for his family and it taking longer. I know back then a lot of kids would work for their families. I mean, that's true. He could have even taken off time, I'm assuming, to help his family, maybe. Maybe. I was even thinking, too, like kindergarten wasn't a requirement. Technically, it's still not a requirement, but it wasn't really a thing. So maybe he just started first grade at like eight or nine instead of six or seven. I had that thought as well. So it does seem a little bit odd, but it was also nearly a century ago. So life was different. Things looked different. Everything was different. So the two of them were adventurers, whether they were together or alone. They both liked to go out and explore, um, but they spent a lot of their time together wandering the mountains of Marysville. And if you've ever been to a lot of Pennsylvania, but specifically, you know, the Lambs Gap area of Marysville, it is all just giant mountain. Um, like if you live out that way, you just live on a mountain. It's one of the few areas that is not totally built up in this part of the state. So it is, if you want mountains, that's where you're going to go to explore. So, I mean, really to the families, they were of course surprised that they found them shot the way they did, but they weren't really surprised at the location. Um, it made sense to the family that they would have been near the mountains. Um, they were actually on a flower picking hike while they were on Lambs Gap Road, and there were multiple bundles of flowers that were found in the back seat. Oh my God, ruined me. But like that, it seems weird. So they're out in the woods, they find flowers. They're pulling flowers together into a bundle. They have multiple bundles of flowers that they put in the car, like they're neatly placed on the back seat. Leah was able to get into the car and then Harry was getting into the car. So like through all of that ordeal, through walking through the woods, putting flowers in the back seat, her getting into the car, nothing happened. But then it was right as he was getting into the car that they got shot. It it feels like someone was waiting for the perfect moment, perfect angle sort of thing to shoot them. Maybe they only had one bullet. <laughs> they were like, got to make this count. Yeah, not in Perry County. There's no such thing as one bullet in Perry County. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it really. 
<laughs> it's it's a true thing. Um, but like I said, there were there was one bullet that killed both of them. Um, police were able to process the bullet and they identified that it came from an 1892 model 44 to 40 caliber Winchester rifle. Um, and of course, when I hear about Winchester rifles, I immediately think about the Winchester mystery house and the legend that everyone that's ever been killed by a Winchester gun haunts that house. So now I have to just assume that Leah and Harry are haunting the Winchester mystery house in California. I just found out about that house this year. Really? Yeah. Mm hmm. My mom and I want to plan a trip to California specifically to go see the house. Oh my God, it just baffles me. <laughs> it is crazy. Sarah Winchester had some money. Those Sarahs. I know. They're just loaded. Insert sarcasm here. <laughs> um, so, like I said, Leah was in the driver's seat and Harry was kind of in the passenger door. So he had his left foot on the ground. And his right foot was on the running board as if he was going to like pull himself into the car. Um, he was on the passenger side. And like I said, he was found laying on the car. But then, you know, by the time police came, he was in the car. But that kind of makes sense because if you're going to try to jar someone awake, you're going to shake them. And that would obviously, when they are dead, cause gravity to come into play. and. That would make sense that he's laying on the ground or on the floor of the car. It's just so weird to me that it's like he just seems like he was stopped in motion, like stopped in a stopped in time almost like he was yeah. doing an action and just stayed yeah, that it, way. Like so weird. Like picturing it in my head. It's very difficult for me to picture. Yeah. Like it. It seems like it's a claymation that just didn't get finished yeah. or something which is probably a horrible analogy but no i get it that's how it feels yeah like all of these other things were happening you were in the woods you were getting these flowers you know it yeah i agree it just seems weird so the bullet seemed to have entered harry's right arm traveling through his body shattering a mirror in his upper right vest pocket and then entered leah on her right side and ended in her left arm. Uh, there were no signs of struggle whatsoever. So like I said before, it seems like someone with really good aim hit them both or someone with really bad aim, um, which we'll kind of talk about in the theories that maybe it was a mistake. I can't wrap my brain around that. It just being yeah, an accident, I, like one of those things that you're like, oh, couldn't do that again if I tried. Like, right. What? <laughs> what reminds me of like the Betsy Ardsma case, the girl that was stabbed in the Penn State Library. Mm -hmm. Like it was a single stab wound and they got it in just the right spot. Like, yeah, it's one of those, you know, could you do it again? Probably not. And so... The bullet, um, according to an article in the Morning Call, which is a newspaper out of Allentown, the bullet went through Harry's heart and grazed Leah's. Um, but again, she was just kind of slumped in the seat. So even though it grazed it, it must have been enough that she at least passed out from pain or trauma or blood loss or something because she like didn't try to run anywhere there was no sign of her you know if you get shot 
it's going to shock you. So if you can, your body is going to move. Um, so even though it's described as grazing her heart, I think it was enough that, you know, she bled out pretty quickly. But then it, like I said, it ended in her left arm. As far as things that were at the scene, there wasn't really much. So... Harry was found with a notebook in his pocket and inside of it, he had a map of the area along with some notes about like conversations and his thoughts on eugenics and love and notes on nature and science. Sorry, (laughs) eugenics? I mean, he was going into medicine. I don't, I I mean, I, I don't think the definition has changed that much over the years i mean it is what it is but it doesn't mean he was like in favor or something like that like if he's studying it's just like weird like love science nature eugenics (laughs) yeah like all of the good things in the world and then (laughs) nazis like i mean it it seems a little yeah off kilter but i mean again it could just be I have friends that I talk to all the time about like, okay, but what if, or right. you no, know, let's try to think through somebody else's logic and see if it makes sense. Sure. So, I mean, yeah. I also like that I called him Hitler and this was before Hitler was in power because this was 1924. Hmm. Yep. Just so. caught me off guard. That's all. <laughs> yep. Um, but again, maybe that was something that was like big in the news at that point. Because that would have been close to when Hitler was starting to climb the ladder. Because mm. he started climbing the ladder after World War One. So I don't know. Maybe it was just a random topic that he chose. But yeah, I thought that was interesting. Um, inside of the notebook, there were also a couple of addresses. And Leah's was one of them. And that kind of breaks my heart. I don't know why. But mm. just the idea of you keep your girlfriend's address in a notebook that you keep on you all the time. I don't know. There's something sweet. You can't remember your girlfriend's address. <laughs> I barely remember my own address. Just kidding. <laughs> so um, now we have the gun specifics. We have this notebook. We know that they were shot with one bullet. So why could we not get more evidence? I mean, it's a secluded area. Like it's Perry County. It's the wooded areas. There's really nothing up there. Um But in typical 1920s style, they pulled an early John Bonet Ramsey investigation and all of the family and friends were allowed to get as close to the car as they wanted before the police got to process the scene. And my best friend and I were talking about this earlier. She said, I feel like every article I open up from before like the 1970s, it's just that someone got away with murder because too many people got close to the scene. And they had no evidence to go off of. Like, that's literally how you got away with murder in the, well, 1920s, Yeah, for example. But they didn't know know, about locking down crime scenes or I mean, maybe they did, but to an extent. Yeah, but I mean, it it even was just attracting people from the community and there were just random people going and looking at it and. Like, first of all, I wouldn't want to, I mean, I'd want to see it, but I wouldn't want to go just like touch things. Well, maybe not now. Maybe you would have in the 1920s. Like, Well, that's true. People were probably just as messed up then 
as they are now with their dark tourism and you know now they just don't have pen live articles to stalk like we do exactly (laughs) that's true that is very true so something else that the police did eventually find was a hypodermic needle in harry's pants pocket now initially that seems weird they in the articles that i read it seemed like it was just the needle like no syringe um they didn't say if there was anything like any sort of residue from a substance or anything on it um and like i said it seemed to be just the needle so nothing else there since he was looking at going into medicine i don't know if maybe there was some sort of connection to something he was doing how did he not stab the shit out of himself with a needle in his pocket (laughs) what the shit oops stabbed himself yeah i mean i have no idea i would assume too if he was doing something like pre-med related and it's the 1920s they don't even realize they should lock down a crime scene they probably didn't have too many safety procedures like hey remove your needles from your clothing before you leave the lab <laughs> like sorry not to laugh at that yeah, but yeah it could have just been kind of like tossed in there and absolutely didn't really mean anything like oh, just my needle and i mean i know i've said this before but these sorts of things are how we learn not to do these sorts of things. Like, hey, don't touch crime scenes because we can't solve crimes. Don't put needles in your pocket because it hurts or you get somebody's blood disease or etc. I have the funniest story about that. I had made a Facebook post years ago on my curling iron. It said, do not curl your eyelashes. And I would laugh like, who the shit would do this? A coworker of mine at the time responded, I've done that. And I'm like, yeah, okay. This is why. Wait, was that at the place that we worked at together? <laughs> no, but it would have been even better. <laughs> also, now I'm blind. Totally unrelated. Yeah, warning labels are just I'm amazed that some warning labels have to exist. Yeah, my husband says take off the warning labels and let the problem sort itself out. No, did you hear? That's why we have an overpopulation problem. Did you hear about the hot coffee at McDonald's and that person got so much money because it didn't have a warning that it's hot? Like, holy snap. Yeah, there was a lot more to that, though. Yeah, Uh, there actually is. I did hear like she had a legit case i did but i just thought it was crazy because there's other people like the person who did yeah. the gorilla g- glue on her hair after being told not to do <laughs> yeah, it yeah no that's just do you even you don't need to glue. be told not to do it i don't exactly. understand apparently, apparently yeah um <laughs> curling your eyelashes with the hair curling yeah now speaking of things that you shouldn't do we were in prohibition era at this point in time it's 1924 and I'm not sure what you guys know about Perry County, but there is not a shortage of alcohol in Perry County, even during Prohibition. So there were a lot of busts, quote unquote, that went down in like the Harrisburg area for um, manufacturing and selling alcohol and other larger cities. But with as close as the mountains are to the Susquehanna and of course lots of creeks and runoffs from being on a mountain because gravity pulls the water down and the privacy of the mountains that were there this really was the perfect place to distill moonshine 
And um, like I said before, Leah and Harry really liked to explore the mountains. And Harry really enjoyed photographing what they found. And he had taken some photos of moonshine stills that were sitting in the woods, again, up in this same area. And the photos had actually been published in a local newspaper. So that leads us into some theories. So the first theory that we have is that this was some sort of revenge. It's thought that the moonshiners whose stills were photographed were mad that their illegal activity had been published in the newspaper. I mean, they know exactly where these stills were. They could look up who owned the land. They could figure out who had access. That's that's not a good Look, um, now, according to one source that I found, this did result in a couple convictions from that area of the mountain. So mm-hmm. I don't know if it was because of the um, pictures in the newspaper or if other pictures that Harry took were sent to police. Um, it was kind of unclear and being newspapers from almost 100 years ago. It was even more unclear. So at some point, pictures were taken and published. And at some point, some of those pictures led to convictions, arrests and convictions for illegal creation of alcohol, illegal distilling. That's not a bad theory then. Um, Now, police searched the area around where the car was, like where the bodies were found. And there were a few stills in that general area, but it seemed like they were older and had not been used within the past couple of years. So it didn't seem like they were in the area of an active distillery, but it's still possible that it was formerly active. And the reason it was shut down was because of Harry's pictures. So they took out their revenge on him. And I mean, again, Perry County is guns, God and booze. So you're probably going to be able to have decent aim, Um, especially if you're trying to protect something that's going on illegally. You're going to spend time working on your aim to protect your area. I just imagine like family members of maybe people that were convicted just like kind of coming out of the mountains (laughs) with their guns. Yes. Yeah. Uh, No, I can see that too. Like, like maybe a little bit um, of wrong turn there, but you know what? I'm just going to stop there. Yeah. Also kind of linked to the idea of moonshining is this idea that there was an ongoing battle at some point earlier. Some articles referred to this as having happened six months prior. And some said that it was like 18 months prior to their deaths. So within the past two years, to two months. Harry had been involved in an argument that resulted in a shooting. Um, There were no deaths, but he was still there. Um, Leah was apparently not there, according to those who admit they were there. And it seemed like it was Harry, one of his professors, and then Moonshiners, which again, he wasn't in college yet. So I don't know if professor is just like high school teacher, um, which is quite possible because... I mean, I knew students that would hunt with teachers and be in wooded areas with teachers because everyone knew each other's kids because everyone lived in the same town. Um, Even in 2021, my school's like that. So, I mean, maybe professor is just his high school teacher. But either way, it was Harry. 
his professor or teacher and then some moonshiners and one moonshiner was shot in the leg and he blamed Harry. Um, But Harry said the wound was not made from any shot that he fired, but it was a different shot, but they couldn't confirm or deny the claims. So all we know is that he was involved with something um, that resulted in a shooting, whether he shot the person or not. He was there. And so there's a thought that maybe it was someone getting revenge for that shot being fired. And then the next one kind of lines up with either of these last two theories. Um, And this is the idea that someone had been following them. There is evidence that shows that Leah and Harry had been walking along a logging road near the car, thinking that that's where, you know, they were going to find the flowers to pick the flowers that were found in the back seat. And there's also evidence that someone had been following them along that logging road, which I want to know how you determine that, because you got to be looking for like footsteps anyway in leaves or in dirt when a lot of people were near the scene later. Like, I'm very curious about how they determined that the two of them were walking on that road and somebody else was following them. Well, if it was a logging road and they were working, could someone have possibly seen them? Maybe. I mean, it was a weekend. Oh, never mind. (laughs) I think maybe it was a Friday night, so there might have still been people there. But I mean, they were found at 2 a.m. Maybe like footprints behind like bushes along the route or something like that like not i'm wondering not literally that, yeah. following straight behind them but like oh there's um footprints in the mud behind this bush and then this bush in the general direction that they were walking or something like that well if they were directly walking behind them don't you think this couple would have turned around and been like excuse me <laughs> can i help you like for that long of period like i don't know Nah, I'm sure it's fine. I feel like he was stalking them. (laughs) It's all good. People follow me through the woods all the time. It's no biggie. No, yeah, I agree. It it seems sketchy. I'm just curious about how accurate that can be. I'm assuming the logging road had to be a decent walk from the car because they were able to say that it was them and someone following them and not anyone that was up looking at the scene. So, like, it had to be at least a bit of a walk away or else the people that were just wandering the scene would have their footprints all through it. So, again, that kind of ties into a couple different theories that someone was following them. There's also a thought that maybe they got caught in another feud that they were not intended for. Some people in the area heard four shots fire off that night. But, of course, the investigation determined that only one bullet had actually hit both of their hearts. So there was this idea that other people were shooting. I don't know. It To me, in my brain, it feels like you'd be running through like a paintball arena or something. Like there's just people on either side of you shooting four shots and you somehow get in the middle of it, standing at the car door alongside of a road where people most likely wouldn't have been shooting. Yeah, it doesn't seem like they were the positions that their bodies were in, wouldn't you be like shielding yourself? It just, that doesn't seem probable. Yeah. I, I don't know that I like that theory, but the, the thought was also that somebody had mistaken Harry for someone else, um, thinking that, you know, maybe they were staked out in this area and 
thought that another man would be coming by and instead it was Harry. So that could be they shot him accidentally, but that maybe they weren't as good of a shot as we thought. And it took four shots, not one. Um, but I mean, if they manage one that goes through both of them, hits both of their hearts, but they don't even find three other shell casings, bullets lodged in trees, any other damage to the vehicle. Like, I can't imagine someone was aiming for them four times. Yeah, I was going to ask about that because if they didn't find any other shell casings or anything in that area, then the other shots must have been in other areas of the woods, I'm guessing. Or just a really smart person that said, I'm going to kill with one and then shoot off three more to confuse people a hundred years later that do a podcast. That's probably exactly what they were thinking. It's 100%. So only a couple more theories here. Um, There are two theories tied to jealousy. One is this theory that kind of just circulated throughout the neighborhoods um, that there was an ex-boyfriend from college who was stalking Leah and who was really mad to see her with Harry. So she was shot out of jealousy. A, she and Harry had been dating since high school. B, her parents say that Harry was her first love. She had no other dates or interests and they didn't believe it. And C, if you're trying to kill Leah, why do you shoot through Harry and not just aim straight for Leah? So I don't like that theory, mainly because there is no ex-boyfriend from college. So um, that was pretty quickly dismissed. That really just seems like town gossip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, didn't you hear she had a boyfriend at school? It was probably the him. The ladies like, at the no, hairdresser. That's what they're talking yes, about. Yes, you're making things up. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then another jealousy theory is that Leah was the, quote, other woman to Harry, but Harry was mistaken for a different man. And so... A wife thought her husband was cheating on her with another woman. And the wife saw Harry and thought that it was her husband. And when she saw him with Leah, thought that her husband was cheating on her with Leah, when in reality, it was totally unrelated. I don't know where people come up with this stuff. No, (laughs) no. You have to realize back then, though, there was not as much, I guess, entertainment or things to keep people preoccupied during hard times. I mean, I can only imagine their imaginations running wild or just like it being a topic of conversation for so long. That's true. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and if you ever read Facebook comments <laughs> on anything, like any news article that's posted, like by a news agency or whatever when they share something if you read those comments some of them are just about as outlandish as these jealousy theories so i guess people are crazy yeah we do the same thing now just on the internet so right so um there were two more that were easily dismissed um one we've hit on a couple times that it was just a total accident freak timing wrong place wrong time But that just seems, I don't know, there seems like there's something more fishy about it, but maybe I just want there to be something fishier. And the other one that was pretty easily dismissed was the idea that Harry had killed Leah in a murder-suicide. I don't know how he could have shot himself from a distance through the back of the arm, out his own chest, through her body, and into her left arm. Long game. Like, I don't... Yeah, I mean, it reminds me of... um, was it Jonathan Luna 
that supposedly stabbed himself in the neck like 15 times or yeah, something. Yeah, or chest with like a pocket knife, right? Yeah, yep. and um, uh, what's the teacher out of Pittsburgh? Ellen? Yes, Ellen Greenberg that they, is it Greenberg? I believe so. I think so. That they, you know, well, that's actually going into trial soon that the parents are trying to get it ruled no longer a suicide because that's currently ruled a suicide. She had like 18 stab wounds to the back of her neck. Yeah. Like, I'll never understand those. Yeah, no. So this kind of makes me think of that. Like, how could you do that and then have your arms in the position that his arms were in when they were found? Like, without a gun in his hand. And usually, yeah. usually people who shoot to, like, I guess, commit suicide, they'll, like, flinch at the last second. And it's, there's no way you're going to get a perfect shot. Yeah. And it went in, like, the back of his right arm. So, like, you, I mean, not to make a, a joke of, of how you would do it, but you, like, need a go-go gadget arm to do it. You, your human joints don't bend that well, way. Well, yeah, like Kurt Cobain pulled the trigger with his toes, so... There was another case about a woman in the military, and they kept trying to say suicide, and uh, I guess a rifle was used, and they're like, oh, she used her toe. What? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we could dive into that for a very long time, but we will not make this episode, like, two hours long. Um, so the... Two of them are both buried in Perry County and super fun fact, because I think graveyards are awesome. Um, Leah is buried in the same graveyard as my grandfather. So that's weird. And I don't know. Next time I go visit his grave, I'm going to go find hers. So cemeteries are the best. I'm just going to throw that out there. I love cemeteries, which is weird. I mean, I do have the drawing that's on my grandparents headstone. As a tattoo on my rib cage because it's a drawing that my grandfather That's did. That's awesome. But I literally took a picture of the headstone and gave it to my tattoo artist. And I was like, I don't have the original drawing, but it's his. It's just on a tombstone. And he was like, this is weird. <laughs> okay, let's do it. <laughs> so I love tattoo artists. They're the best. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. Yes. Um, so since this is nearly a century old case, there's really no one to contact with information. Um, any information that we would have a hundred years out would all be hearsay and rumor at this point anyway. Um, there'd be no more first person accounts. So I don't have any of that information to share with you all. So we're just going to wrap it up here. That's all we have for this episode of the Keystone Cold Cases podcast. Please remember never to reach out to family or friends of the victims, only to law enforcement if you have any tips. This episode was researched and hosted by me, Sarah. Find all of our sources, social media connections, and contact information at kccpod.com. Theme music and production assistance from Darren Makins. Join us again next week for another case to sleuth out.